Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, we proudly bring to you straight out of the heart of North Seattle, this is Physical Culture Radio. I'm your super dope host with the most, Coach Greg Jones, at Coach Greg Jones, Instagram and Facebook. And I have the pleasure of having a good friend of mine and uh, life coaching clients, a guy that I've known for 20 years, Ben Gayhart, uh, on this episode. How are you doing, Benny? I'm doing good. Wow, I feel special. Yeah. We go back a little ways, right? Yeah, we go back, oh man, 2000, 20 years. 20, 20 years, years now, yeah. Yeah. So I met Ben Gayhart, who is a very successful uh, entrepreneur that lives down in San Diego County. Uh, tell him a little bit about what you do now before we get into the nuts and the bolts of our training. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my degrees um, were in engineering and chemistry, but I didn't spend much time doing that after I graduated um, from Marquette University back in the Midwest. I moved to Vegas where my parents were. And, uh, you know, when I got out there, I decided to kind of go in the computer industry. So I started a, a small computer company, became a Microsoft engineer and you know, a bunch of other tech stuff. Um, but eventually kind of evolved into, you know, I did all the casinos, pretty much every casino on the strip where my clients um, hard rock, all of them, hard rock, Tropicana, Cosmopolitan. Um, but I ended up starting kind of a, a cloud company. So I think probably easiest to explain it would be a private cloud like Microsoft or Amazon, but small and private geared towards the medical space. And we met how much prior to you opening this latest business, which you've been involved with for what, seven years now? Yeah, yeah, it's about seven, seven, eight years. So, so yeah, yeah I mean, it was twelve years. You know, twelve years prior to that. Yeah. So, give you a little background. We both were living in the state of Oregon at the time, and we were just workout partners to start with. So, I was a couple years removed out of playing football at the collegiate level and uh, working in Oregon. Uh, running a recreation center and workout uh, group. And um, we became workout partners. And yeah. how long did we work out for down there? Was it a year and a half, 18 months? Yeah, yeah a, year, a year and 10 months, man. year and 10 okay. months. Okay, so we worked out almost <laughs> two years to begin with. And then we reconnected... Gosh, I guess it would have, what, 15 years later in 2015, or is it later than that, 2016? Yeah, probably, yeah, 2000, we see, moved down here, so, yeah, probably 2015, 16. Yeah. That's, that sounds about right. So, right. when we were working out together, I was really big on progressive overload, uh, linear progressions in strength training, and I was following... I was pretty much doing power bodybuilding and we were doing getting stronger and then being able to train with more reps, um, but getting stronger first. So the kind of the strength gains proceed size was kind of our philosophy back then. And we were doing kind of a heavy duty uh, based workout regimen, correct? Yeah, it was it was interesting because I was what I was I mean, six three. I was one hundred and thirty five pounds at the time, which is what I was since I was in ninth grade. Um, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I had no idea. All I know is I wanted to gain weight. Right. I just wanted to. Right. I wanted to be bigger. I didn't care what yeah. it looked like. I just wanted to put on weight. I couldn't. You know, I could eat all I wanted. Nothing would happen. But um, yeah, it's uh, it was you. You put me in pretty much. I guess you call powerlifting. All you had to do it was you see deadlifting. Uh, squatting, pull-ups, uh, cl things called cleans, which I had no idea what you were talking about when you. you, you yeah. I was basically your experiment. I, I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a bit of an experiment at the time because it was the first time that I put the Pavel Totseline strength mixed with bodybuilding and tried to meld the two into a training, and it was it was. Definitely for younger people, it, it's the way to go. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I, I think I still have some of those papers. I have some scanned. 
I still have that that paper. You, you oh, know, yeah, I have it scanned. Man. I was looking at it not long ago. It's interesting, but yeah, it was you know it was a lot. You're right. It was a lot of heavy weight. Um, you know, I mean, not heavy pound to someone you know was bigger, but for me, it was it was heavy weight, low reps. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, if you remember, and this is what was interesting, right? Back, back then, you had me resting at least seven seven days between each body part. I mean, you would just kind of you know really hit me hard on the days. Um, right. And, and there was a time where you wanted me to kind of wait, I think nine days. I mean, you wanted to stretch it out for a little bit. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think back then we were kind of doing a three, even back then, I think it was like three on one off three on two off. If I recall. Yeah. Well, it was a brief and infrequent, um, kind of thing. And I was following the Mike Menser, Dorian Yates thing at the time, because this was at the end of Dorian's reign, kind of when Ronnie, uh, you know, came to prominence in the late nineties, early two thousands. And so I was following the heavy duty thing, but then when we were putting reps behind it, but we were getting, but it was the brief and infrequent philosophy, the heavy duty, heavy duty, Mike mentor thing. Again, I didn't play sports, you know, but I think my deadlift was what, like 185 pounds when I started, which is, you know, probably just someone can lift weight up. Um, but I, it was, it, it was four Oh five. You know, after that period, right. I mean, I went 180, 185 pounds. Um, so, I mean, how much like, did you put on in the two years we were working out? It was, it was, um, well, 135, 185, 50 pounds. Wow. I mean, you had me, I mean, you had me eating. I remember waking up, you know, I'd wake up sometimes at night in my place and I had these Otis Spunkmeyer chocolate muffins with chocolate chips, right? I remember waking up at yeah. like two in the morning, I'd throw those things in the microwaves and crush those things every night. I mean, I just, whatever wow. I can eat, you just had me eating. You just said eat nonstop. Well, I remember specifically eating post-workout yep. oatmeal and egg whites, and we'd have some other kind of protein powder mixed in with that. And we, I would, we would smash it religiously right after our workout. Yeah, always, you know, and then it got yeah. into, you know, we, we weren't really doing, I think what they called John Meadows that, you know, he kind of, you know, we learned from the perio stuff, but you know, we were kind yeah. of doing that, but not really recognizing it as, you know, more defined science that they call it nowadays. Um, right. But yeah, it was, it was getting some food before and definitely within an hour after eating a lot, a lot of, yeah. a lot of clean, there a lot of clean carbs after you had me doing um, clean protein. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was, it worked. Yeah. So then forward 15 years later, I'm in Seattle and you were going, you had moved to San Diego, but you're kind of, and you still go in between San Diego and where your work is at in, in Las Vegas, correct? Yeah. Every, well, not every week now, but at least every other week, I've been doing this for six, seven years, you know, cause I moved my yeah. family, my wife and kids down here when I was expanding before we went national. And, um, but yeah, I've been still going back and forth. Yeah. So then, uh, fast forward at 15 years. So we're, you know, obviously 15 years older, uh, and in 2015, you were how old? Uh, 2015 would be five years ago, 42, 42, 42. So you're 42, I'm 45 at the time. And I had taken on a new coach. Uh, by the name of John Meadows. So a lot of you people out there might know him. He's kind of a famous IFBB pro, and he works with a lot of different pros. So my workout partner at the time, Mark Dugdale, who's won several times uh, in the 212 class, been a pro since 2004. He jumped on with John. Then I jumped on with John, and I started working with you um and and i switched my philosophy a little bit so we kind of switched from what we had been doing in our 20s and actually early 30s for me um and uh we used to kind of i used to train really heavy i mean i was still benching 405 uh and we would you know we would do cleans we would do squats and deadlifts. So as we grew into our forties, I changed the philosophy a little bit after a few injuries and I started doing more high volume work. And then I, and then I kind of 
the philosophy that I had taken from John, I then you hired me uh, to be your trainer and life coach at the time and travel down and start working with, with you. And then I started working with one of the one of the guys who you worked with at the time, mm-hmm. 2017. Um, so I was life coaching in Vegas and then life coaching and training you out of San Diego as well. Now, tell me a little bit about, and the listeners a little bit about uh, your, um, when when we reconnected in starting tr- training again, what was your weight at this point and were, how deconditioned were you? And I know you reached out and I was like, hey, I wanna start working out again. Do you think you could come down here and train me? Uh, what was your state of mind? What was your body? What was going, you know, what was going on with your body and, and, you know, how much had you been working out the 10 years prior to that? Yeah, it was, um, you know, I mean, starting in my company, you know, back in the 2000s, I, I mean, I worked, you know, people, right. They talk about working, you know, when you start your own business, I mean, working 18, 20 hours a day, seven days a week for yeah. years. Right. So, I mean, I, I would be lucky. And honestly, this, this happened. I, I had bought a squat rack and a bench. Um, for in some dumbbells in Vegas in the mid 2000s, and I would probably work out two days a week, and it would be at 12, one in the morning when I got home from from uh, the office, and I just go out in the garage wow. and do like three or four sets only. It was like just enough to stimulate. There was no growth. I still weighed probably 185, 180, 185, yeah. but it wasn't. You know, it was. You know, it really wasn't any. You know, I mean, I like you said, I was deconditioned, um, but yeah. I would just go out there to just do something. Right. So I do a couple sets of bench and a couple sets of squats and maybe a few pull ups like two days a week if I was lucky. And at this point, were you holding your 185 pounds that you'd gained in the early 2000s or what were you weighing uh, in 2000? I don't know, let's say 2010. And then 2015 before we started working again together. I, I, I pretty much held that weight. So I stayed between okay. one, 180 and 190 for 15 years. You know, it's almost like, yeah. you know, my body put on weight from the 135, you know, to a normal, I guess, person, you'd say. <clears throat> it kind of just stayed there. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't a healthy, you know, it wasn't the same as it was, you know, in the beginning, 185. Um, but I right. pretty much stayed in that range. Okay. And when we then, when you, when we reconnected and I started training you again, um, in 2015, it was probably late 15 or early 16. I know it was before I had my son, he wasn't born until the end of 16. And I traveled down there several times and started working with you. Yeah, you did. Uh, What's, uh, what did you get from what we were doing? How did your philosophy change, if anything? And what did you think about the training with the high volume comparatively to what we did in the early 2000s? And, and what, what, what did you get from it? You know, it's, um, you know, and I'm still, you still have me switching back and forth right now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it helped. You know, you're right. I did some high volume, probably 2016, you said 15, 16, 17, you know, some switching up, you know, in between, but I think it got me conditioned. It kind of, you know, it got me back conditioned my body um, before I started hitting heavyweights, you know, and and you, you taught me this a long time ago, right? I mean, this is back when we first met about percentage of fast twitch versus slow twitch muscle fibers and everyone's different. Some people can sprint and some can't, you know, I, we found, and I found this more recently than ever, that, you know, my body, for some reason, it, when it comes to um, adding strength and size, I yeah. gain, you know, I, I have to hit heavier weight. I don't know why it is, but, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, right. I still do high volume. So, you know, I'll do three or four um, different machines or weight, you know, exercises for every body part. And when I'm doing back, I, I do six because I'll kind of do three on the lower and three on the top. Um, because there's so many yeah. muscles back there, you know, but, you know, I found that that works for me. And, and I think it's more like the pyramid, right? I'll kind of start up in the, you know, a lot of warm up sets. It's kind of the John Meadows, right? You warm up, you warm up. Um, you know, I followed his stuff, which is what you kind of presented to me, but a lot of warm ups yeah. and then the pyramiding down. I mean, I don't go down below six or 
you know, nothing like right. that. But but I definitely will go down and that last set. So I definitely don't fail on anything going up to that last set. You know, I follow his, you know, 70%, 80% type stuff, 60% you know, for the first few. And then I only have one set to, you know, not even a failure, but right before failure on each of those exercises. I mean, I definitely, you know, at our age, I guess, probably more than anything, we just don't recover the same as back then. So we had to adapt. No. You know, so that high value... Yeah. In, in switching it up too, right? You have me switch it up a lot. I mean, you'll send me, you know, a six week, an eight week routine, you know, and then take a week off, and then you'll send me a different one. Um, but for some right. reason, this last, you know, this, you know, this push pull I'm doing right now, which I've never really done it. I, you always had me more on, you know, the one body part a day type scenario with days off and here and there. Um, yeah. But this push pull that I'm doing right, like right now, I don't know why, but it's like I'm responding really well and it's you know it's a push pull where it's on push day it's chest shoulders and triceps and i do a full routine on each of those you know so i'm wiped out from it um so you know yeah. i really make sure that i'm following that perio so you know i'm getting you know i eat the same thing before every workout right it's like quarter to half cup of cream of rice it's two or three tablespoons of almond butter you know and then between 30 and 40, maybe 50 grams of protein powder mixed in a little bit of cinnamon. But, you know, I hit that 30 minutes before and you don't fatigue. You know, yeah, you just go through your workouts. I never get tired. Right, right? Yeah. Some intra, you're yep. taking an intra workout also. And then afterwards I'm hitting it. But that pre-workout, I think is, you know, for me is probably as important or more important than even the post-workout because I, I'm able to really just go through workouts to the end of it. I have as much energy as the beginning. And my fatigue, right. I don't, I'm not as sore the next few days. Like if I don't eat well and do these things, like my body and my muscles are way more sore the next day and the day after. It's, you know, right. I, again, I'm not a science person. You got the, you have this stuff all figured out, but you know, I've just done what you said. You know, I follow and right. it, it works. And, right. And when, when, so when Ben mentions the Perry workout nutrition, what, what, what he's referring to is pre-workout meal, the intra-workout drink, and then the post-workout meal. So you you bookend the workout with meals. So the first one is an hour to 45 minutes before. You can even eat it a half an hour before you go train, and that drives you through the workout. Then you start sipping on an intra-workout drink. So either, either you know the granite supplements product or the biotest product. So you're getting carbs, you're getting protein, you're getting electrolytes. You usually take creatine, sometimes glutamine, and you put it in that intra-workout drink. And so as you're breaking down the muscles, you're feeding the muscles as well. And what we've found is, and what a lot of people have found is it's, it doesn't compete with the ability to break down the muscle, the fact that you're digesting too. A lot of people feel like you know, you want to be in um, a sympathetic state and a parasympathetic state is where you digest food. But then when you work out, you want to be in a sympathetic uh, nervous system state where you're excitable, where you're getting the energy. Um, so a lot of people know it as like the fight or flight uh, um, effect. And, and, you're, and the nervous systems and having the balance between them uh, also the, have have something to do with recovering from your workouts. So while you're working out, you want to be in that sympathetic state, but when you're done working out, you want to be in the parasympathetic state where you're recovering. And I think a lot of people confused back in the day, uh, they said that you need to not eat because you want to be in a parasympathetic state before you work out. So then uh, as you're working out, you know, all your all your energy sources go into working out and not digesting food. But what we found anecdotally, and they should do a big study on this, John should do some big study on this. But what we found is all it does is help you recover and, and, and gain muscle by having food around your workouts and having the intra-workout drink. It doesn't compete having food digesting while you're also working the muscles as we found anecdotally. 
Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, and even, you know, because I, I watch a lot of John, you know, Mountain Dog, John Meadows Mountain Dog, some of his podcasts, yeah. you know, quite a bit. But, you know, and that's why, you know, people, you know, because my wife sometimes, you know, she's like, what are you putting all that peanut butter? You know, I just take a huge scoop of almond butter. It's probably three or four tablespoons. Um, but yeah. I throw it in there. And, um, you know, he, he has, he has some, you know, a few podcasts on it on how that fat from that protein or from the, uh, the almond butter regulates, I think it's regulates blood sugar, if I recall. Yeah. He talks yep. about that. So you don't get the blood sugar spikes from the carbs that you're, you know, those simple carbs that you're ingesting before it helps regulate it throughout the workout. And it, you know, whatever it is, I mean, it, if I don't, I mean, I won't even, if, if I can't have a pre-workout, I'm not even going to go work out. I'm not even going to go do it. I mean, serious. I'm not even going to go do it because I only, it's, I'll just go do cardio if that was the case. Like it's right. that big of a difference for me. I mean, you know, if we look at where I am right now, you know, and this is, you know, I think I'm 210, 211, um, yeah. you know, 210, 211, you know, my, my, you know, I started tracking, you know, on one of those body machines, <clears throat> you know, about 18 months ago, I started paying attention to it. You know, cause one of the places that I stop in Vegas all the time, they have one of the machines there by my office. And, you know, I mean, my lean muscle mass in 18 months has gone up over 15 pounds, right? Right. And I think 16 pounds of my fat's gone down four or five percent um, during that same period. And that's with, you know, and that was just recently, that's with the coronavirus, right? COVID-19, there was, you know, yeah. two or three months of kind of in my garage. And then if you recall last summer when I got ran over the, by that Lyft driver, I was in a wheelchair for two months and then I was in a boot for two months, you know, so there was four months out of that eight, 18 months and that was devastating. Right. I mean, I, I couldn't do anything. I was in, I was in basically a bed for a month in the hospital, you know, just right. deteriorating. Um, so yeah. that 15 pounds would have been more. And, you know, from what I read and even what you tell me, I mean, that's, that's almost a pound a month, you know, natural and in my late forties now. Um, yeah. And that's huge. And, and the reason why it's huge is because, You'd already gained 50 pounds from 135 to 185. Then you got up to 195. So mm -hmm. you put on an additional 15 pounds when, when if you're talking through about a life cycle of a lifter, as you go on, it's the law of diminishing returns. It's not some infinite rise to 330 pounds unless you're Ronnie fucking Coleman or Jay Cutler. <laughs> Yeah, uh, most people, as as you you know go on in your lifting career uh you're going to put on less muscle and size it's gonna be harder to put on it's a lot of diminishing returns so you know it's i think any pound that you've you're able to put on above and beyond what we've you know pretty much your set point was 185 190 and then yeah. now we've 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 got that. We've we've you know broken through that barrier, and um, you know Ben is what is known as a hard gainer. And what I mean by hard gainer is, you know they they you have to feed them so much you almost can't feed them enough. enough. It's yeah. pretty much as much food as you as he can fit in. He will metabolize, and he's not going to get fat. Yep. So yeah, I, I have four thousand calories a day. Right? Yeah, yeah. four thousand calories at my age, right? And, yeah. Right, and 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 being you know basically a tall ectomorph, eating four thousand calories a day, you know, for a guy that started off as, as one hundred and thirty five pounds is not easy. It's it's an acquired thing that you have to do. And I remember when I came back, you know, and reconnected with you is when we were smashing food when we were working out back in the early 2000s, but then, you know, 15 years of life and having kids and a family and business and all this stuff, you know, we didn't, we don't have the time that we did before to solely put in to this like we did yeah. back then. So yeah. now it's, you know, it's businesses and life and, you know, girlfriends or wives or, you know, that sort of thing that makes, you know, lifting even more kind of an obstacle. And, um, I, you know, you've done a great job. Uh, and I remember in 2015 and 16 coming back on, you're not eating enough. And number one, we got to change back the eating to where we were, you know, 15 years ago yep. and you got to smash food and this is how we're going to prep it. 
this is how you're going to make it. This is what you're going to have around. And the the funny thing was your wife was doing that for your freaking German shepherds. <laughs> she she still she still does. She still does. Yeah, you yeah, you you come down and stay at my place a lot. So you see it, but yeah, five German shepherds and she makes, you know, instant pot. They eat yeah, you you I think you picked up some of their containers out of the fridge and, and eat it. I mean, I'll grab it, she'll get all bad. She would make these German shepherds ground rice, fried egg, no, ground, potato. ground yeah, eggs, sweet potato, yeah. rice, sweet potatoes, and mix it all together it was fucking bomb. <laughs> And the eggs are from our chickens, right? So we got yeah, chickens. homegrown so fucking right. eggs, homegrown <laughs> chickens, and and in the backyard there's there's a freaking orange grove. There's oranges and lemons yeah. and avocados, and yeah. yeah, I'm surprised I wasn't chopping off chicken heads. <laughs> it's you know it's crazy because right now you know she's back with um, my son in upstate New York visiting her parents, and she yeah. made. Right, so this is five German shepherds. So that's you know they eat in the morning at six and at night at six. So that's ten half you know these little cup you know one cup containers Tupperware. That's yeah. ten a day. She made a hundred of these things. Like oh our fridge in the garage, it's there's a hundred. <laughs> she spent the Sunday before she left, like four or five hours, you know, making this food, and then you know she called me and my son and um, Xavier didn't want to help, you know, to, to grab the cup and fill these things up. But I'm just like. I'm like, you never have time because these, I'm like, these dogs, I'm like, yeah. I, and now that she's gone right now, right? I've had to take care of them the last, I don't know, I think she's been gone five or six days um, so far. It's a, it's a full-time job, Gene. Yeah. It's, I did not realize how much, because they're, they're at my bed, six in the morning, they're, there's <laughs> five shepherds with one or two poking me in the face. To wake me up as yeah. soon as you start to move, they just run to the kitchen. They go right to where she feeds them, you know. And they're not right. little they're German shepherds, and so yeah. you know, I'm in there, and you know, by the time you get these things out, nuke each of them for thirty seconds, bowl five bowls, separate the dogs so two of them don't eat each other. <laughs> yeah, that uh, it's yeah, it's a full. The, uh, funny, the, the funny thing is, uh, is when I was watching Kathy prep these meals i was got i was like this is what i eat kathy like this is what i eat. what you're fixing your dogs is what i eat and i was like ben this is and it's funny so is did she did she leave 100 meals because she's going to be gone for 10 days yeah yeah she's gonna be gone like i think she's gonna be gone nine, nine days but yeah it was roughly 10 days it was for 10 days is what she did that's right okay okay so yep. Yeah, when when I got down there and I saw all these meals myself before I was started to meal prep and we went to the grocery store to get all the stuff and me kind of showing you. I think you grabbed way. some of them one day. I think you grabbed the grab because because she, she she she's like I'm missing four four of these containers. I'm like I don't know what you're talking about. And I think you ate them without even saying anything to me, not because you were trying to sneak them, but you're probably thinking, yeah. hey, here's some meal preps. Yeah, I was like, "This is great." Meals already cooked for me, and I'm in it before I got down here. Yeah. Then yeah. come to find out, I, you know, they're for the shepherds. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, man. In our household, everything comes after them. Yeah, everything yeah. after the shepherds. Yeah. So now let's go back to what you've kind of figured out about your body lately, and kind of what you've switched to to kind of go back to what we used to been doing. And then also in what, and how many rest days we used to take as opposed to lately. And, and so when we started, when we, when I started implementing the high volume, it was a lot of days of training. It, it'd be probably six days a week, right? Yeah. Six days a week. Yep. It'd be six days a week that we would be training maybe one day off and you put on what a good, six, seven pounds like this, or was it 10 pounds you put on with the high volume six days a week? Yeah, but, yeah, it was probably closer to 10. Okay. Okay. Now, now lately when you've switched back to taking more rest days and going a little bit heavier, what did you find in relation to how we used to train and it works for your body best? Yeah. So it's, you know, what's interesting is, you know, for me, 
you know, working out and, and right. This is a lot of people, you know, it's, it, it has become at this point in my life, you know, obviously I want to look good. I mean, for sure. I want to look good. I want to keep gaining, you know, muscle and continue, you know, yeah. hopefully look better, but you know, it's, you know, it's like the best psychology, you know, therapy or psychology session you could possibly for me is going in and working yeah. out. So I, I mean, I can't miss a workout. So even on the days that I'm not hitting weights, I'm going in and doing cardio. Cause that's like, that's therapy for me. Um, but when, yeah. the, when this whole COVID thing hit, you know, cause I was doing a lot of the high volume. I mean, there was a, I think one or two routines who sent me, it was like 21 or 28 days where it was every day. Like it was, right. I didn't take one day off. It was a complete different shock to the system. And I really had to eat a lot and I had to make sure I was sleeping an extra hour or two a day. Um, that, that was intense. Um, but I, I did get a little gains out of it. But when this COVID thing ha happened, I literally pulled out my squat racks. They've been pushed to the, the side of the garage. I pulled out the squat rack and, and the bench. And, you know, I have dumbbells from, I think, 10 pounds up to 80 or 90. I still have all this stuff. So, you know, yeah. just for fun. I was like, you know, I, you know, I never, I'm like, I don't ever, you know, lift heavy anymore. I wonder what I can still bench. I wonder what I can still squat or deadlift. And I didn't go up to any singles, but I would go to, you know, up to something like a three or four. But I found in, in the other thing that happened was, is, you know, I wasn't as motivated going out to my garage yeah. <laughs> to work out. It was, it just wasn't the same, you know? So what would happen is, is I was hitting a lot heavier weight because I was it was more of like I'm just gonna do something like almost for me I want to see if I can still hit some heavy weights um and because I wasn't consistent in going out there so I may go out two or three days and then take two days off or something like that you know yeah. and then two or three days on but I was I started getting gains or having gains and I was like right you know what hang on a minute here like what's up with this you know because mentally you know psychologically I was thinking I got to go you know, six days a week. Cause that's what I've been doing for the last few years under the high volume. Right. You know, like, you, you know, it becomes this addiction, right. You know, we hear about a lot of people who work out or do cardio or, you know, any of these things, CrossFit. You know, so that, that yeah. part of, you know, the addiction part of working out, you know, with the, there's a healthy part and an unhealthy part. Right. But yeah. because I was one of my garage that, you know, that kind of went away. And so it was just, it was just completely different, but the gains, I started, you know, having gains. And so when the gym opened back up month, you know, I think anytime fitness here was about a month ago, month, yeah, five weeks ago, I was, yeah. you know, I, I looked at one of John Meadows um, routines, you know, just out of curiosity, <clears throat> I looked at one of them online, I think I bought it, I think I maybe forwarded it over to you, but it was, um, you know, it was this push pull, you know, routine, I think three on one off, three on two off. So you, you're almost hitting each body part, you're hitting each body part twice. Um, you see, it's uh, three times for every like 13 or 14 days. So right. it's more, more, it's, you know, it's more than once a week, less than two times a week. So you're not over, you know, you're, but it, it's working. It's working really, yeah. really well. I, I'm right. really surprised at how well it's working for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think everybody, the recovery ability that we all have from our age, from our individuality, from how we sleep, how we recover, the stress that we're under, the food that we eat, the lifestyle that we live. And then and then there's a genetic component. So if you're athletic, if you come from an athletic family and maybe you know that you have a predisposition to having a higher fast twitch fiber count, or maybe you have a brother or sister it was a high level athlete, um, then your proclivity to be able to put on muscle and to be able to recover and to be able to, you know, have these high stressor workouts and be able to re recover behind them um, usually is a little bit better than in an average trainee. And so everybody's going to be a little bit different um, until you know your individual recovery ability and exactly what works for you. This is kind of a feeling out process between yeah. a coach and a client or just even figuring out your own body yourself because a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of you know great IFBB pros have all said, you know, do what works for you, do what yep. works for your body. If it's the basic movements, Cool. If it's training, you know, with bands and lots of different angles and giant sets and supersets and 
drop sets and all kinds of different stimulus things that you can impart on the muscles and that works for you. Cool. Um, so, you know, what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for the next. There are some tried and true principles um, and there are some tried and true ways, but again, there's going to be individual variability when it comes to these kind of things. And I think it's really cool that throughout the lifespan span of being a lifter and being an athlete and doing whatever we've done in our past to be into, you know, well into the forties and to kind of figure things out as you go along and get older is really cool. Number one, number two, the, you know, the rituals and the habits that we create behind these workouts and maybe overcoming some negative rituals and habits that we had before. I mean, a lot of people take lifting and, you know, the positive addictions of working out, replacing the not so positive ones, you know, back, back in our twenties, Benny and I both used to party a lot, both used to run run with that, you know, a faster crowd. And then we kind of figured it out as we got older, well, Hey, we don't want to do this anymore, but we, you know, you still have those proclivities to do things in a habitual manner. And if you talk about anybody, we all have rituals. We all have habits. When you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth and you, you know, wet your hair or whatever your little rituals are, maybe it's a cup of coffee. That is a fucking habit that that you have established for yourself. And, you know, a lot of people do center themselves and get mindful and do meditation. I know you've experienced experiments a little bit with, with meditation yourself. Um, so, but it's all about the habits and the positive habits and, and rituals that we create for ourselves, replacing sometimes the bad habits that we can have in life. Talk about how, how much, how much of a positive influence lifting has had on you throughout the years if you as you can kind of reflect a little bit on yeah absolutely and and, you know you you know me as well as anyone i mean outside of my wife i mean you know pretty much i think not just you know but you, you you took time to understand you know me as a person and i think that's just who you are which is why i think you make you know a really good life coach but yeah you know it's um you know, I'm definitely high, you know, I have an addictive personality. My wife says it about everything, right? It's just who I am. You know, that's why I'm a workaholic. You know, that's what, you know, a lot of my success comes from, but a lot of, you know, bad things came from, from that behavior, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And, you know, and it was, it was, you know, I never took time, you know, because I wasn't an athlete, right? I, I, I mean, I, I've always worked, I love working, but, you know, that can be unhealthy and, you know, it was unhealthy for me for a while, which led to me then, you know, doing other things that were unhealthy, um, especially living in Vegas. Um, but, you know, working out, I loved it when you when you got me into it 20 years ago. And, you know, when I wasn't working out for that period of time, um, you know, or two days a week, I should say, right in the garage type at 12, one in the morning, midnight, one in the morning. Um, you know, it's. I needed to, you know, I, I knew I loved it, right? I knew I loved working out. So being able to get back to that and now, it, you know, I had to make the commitment though to stay on it more. And you do a great job of keeping me on that, right? Texting me, how are things going? And, you know, we talk quite a yeah. bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, for, you know, I mean, working out and right. The addictive part of working out though is, is you know, if you can kind of control it and not let it become, I, I should say addictive, but you know, when you feel good every day, right? You're waking up, you're feeling good. You have something that you're working towards, right? So you don't want to like, you don't want to just go out and drink or go out and do something stupid yeah. because it's like, this is going to set me back two or three days. And you, and you have a bigger comparison too, right? So you feel so good all the time working out and eating well. And then, you know, you go out and drink and you feel horrible. And so the comparison, that spectrum is like, you know, one end to the other end. You know, so it's just right. like, I don't, you know, it's just like, I'm, that, that, I'm not, you know, I can't do that. Anymore, right. It's like, yeah. especially as you get older, you feel good and every little gain because they are harder. Right. You're like, oh man, this is going to send me back like a week. Not, you know, not one day, like when we were younger, it's just, it's just different. Right. I mean, you don't, you put all that time into it and you feel good. You don't want to just give it up. Yeah. 
And, you know, you, you bring up the age thing. And I think when you're younger, you can get away with a lot sloppier of a lifestyle and still have a pretty good body, still get stronger, still get bigger. You have less margin of error as you get older. You you have a, I think we all have a little bit more of a proclivity to put on body fat and muscle. Mm -hmm. You know, if we don't work out at all, our muscle will just go away and we'll put on body fat. So the body composition changes as you get older inherently but it's not it's not like that is a death sentence for muscle um because if you work out and create the stimulus you can still have good size and still make gains well into your 40s natural you don't need you know a bunch of exogenous stuff in your body but you do need to nail the nutrition you do need to nail the training um and you do need to nail the recovery uh, yeah. What have you been doing with your recovery? How do you wind down? Um, how do you get up in the morning? I know you're a high energy guy just to start with, but wh- how do you how do you turn off now? Because you used to work all the fucking time. Um, and you're kind of it kind of took over your life. How do you shut that off now and go into chill mode in that parasympathetic? nervous state where you're relaxing and actually allowing your body to recover what are your methods yeah you know it's uh, yeah that is interesting because you know that's probably something i've struggled with you know most of my life you know kind of more of an ADD, ADHD, bipolar type scenario where you know when i was younger i could be up two or three days naturally no drugs nothing else like right. that's i could I, I could work two or three days like normal like People would be right. like, you need to go to, you need to go to sleep. This isn't healthy. And I'd go to sleep and be like, it wasn't, I've just been that way in my body, you know, so turning off and winding down has <clears throat> always been really hard. But again, working out, you know, for some reason, and I'm sure you have all the science behind it, but it, you know, I sleep, it's, it's just not a comparison. And I mean, I'm right. able to have a routine. I'm able to, you know, go to sleep. I mean, I don't work out, you know, I used to work out at night. Um, and I, I could go to sleep right after doing that. A lot of people, you know, if you look at Jay Cutler, I think he worked out at nine every night. I don't know if you know that. Eight or nine I every night. Yeah, he worked out at, he was a night night workout guy. So I was watching one of his podcasts a few weeks ago. He worked out late yeah. at night. That's what he did. That's just how he worked out. Um, yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't because they can't go to sleep. I could, but I like the way you feel like when I start my day. So if I can start my day and I go through cycles, because again, I'm not, I'm not really a creature of habit, <laughs> like normal, you know, I don't want to say normal people, but, you know, I'm just, you know, I have to, even my sleep routine, right? I'll, I'll go four or five, six months and get up at 4.30 in the morning, do my, uh, you know, take my uh, pre-workout meal, go to the gym, work out, come back, you know, shower, start work, maybe a nap for 30 minutes at, at noon or something like that. And then after four or five, six months, I'll change it and, and get up at six. And then do a workout, do my workouts at, in, in the noon or early afternoon. You know, I change it. Yeah. But as long as I'm doing them before, you know, I'm done by three or four for the most part, I have yeah. awesome, like my body's, you know, the remaining part of the night, it, it starts winding down, you know, it gets tired, right? So it's starting to go in recovery mode probably. And I'm able yep. to get to sleep at night. But that's another thing. You know, I have to. You know, I have to have seven, you know, six, six to seven hours a night. You know, I used to have four, four, four to five hours. That's how I was my whole yeah. life, you know, sleep. But I need at least six, preferably around seven um, to feel good. And and if I don't get that anymore, it's like you wake up, you know how you, you feel when you have the flu, right? Yeah. Everyone, everyone does. You kind of just that achy. Like if I only get, if I'm working out all the time and I only get five hours of, of sleep, that's how I feel the next day. Like your yeah. body, it just, you just feel, and you're like, you're like, man, and there's nothing you can do to feel better. There's no caffeine, like they'll give you energy, but you just don't feel right. It's like the body right. wants that recovery. And because I, you know, value, you know, all the hard work I'm putting into this, I want to get, you know, the positives out of it. You know, I make sure I get, you know, six to seven hours um, every night. And, you know, there's an occasional weekend, maybe eight. Um, but, you know, if that happens, it's because I have to go to bed earlier. Cause again, you know, my household, my wife's, like how she bounces out of the bed. So is my son at five thirty in the morning. 
everyone's up and going in this house. Right, right. And I've found for productivity and just all aspects of your life, um, and I think most people that work out early just get a lot more shit done also. For sure, for sure. So, so uh, you know, if you sleep in and don't get up, even if you don't have to do any tasks early, if you're an entrepreneur and you have a family and you also want to work out and take care of your body, like you need to get up pretty fucking early. You can't be getting up later in the day and make all that shit work. It's just, it's not going to, it's not going to. Well, yeah. Out. Right. You tell people all the time. It's like, <clears throat> you know, you meet people all the time in life, you know, that that you know they talk to you and they you know people talk to me and like oh you're successful you run a big you know i mean i have over 100 employees and we're adding you know a couple employees a month right now because we're in a pretty aggressive growth and you know they don't but they don't people don't always you know they don't ask you the question you know they don't really want to hear the answer to how do you do it you know how i did it by by getting up at 4 4 30 you know most of the time almost every day other than you know periodic times to get up at six but they, you, yeah. you have to do that, but you're right. You feel it's the mental part, the endorphins. I, I think that's what happens, right? You know, Mr. Scientist, <laughs> but yeah. the endorphins yeah. that are released, um, you know, from that workout, you know, mental clarity, huge, huge difference. Um, yeah. you know, energy. I normally do take a like 30 minute, you know, nap, you know, sometimes that's just sitting in my office chairs, you know, leaning back, but you know, I do need to do that. That works for me. Some people can't and don't, but you know, that makes a huge difference for me. Um, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, I, I don't really set a schedule. Sometimes it might be as early as 10 30 in the morning. I just 30 minutes, I zone out because I'm getting up at four most of the time. Right. So that's still six hours. Um, sometimes it's a two in the afternoon, but you know, and that helps the mental side of it more than anything. A lot of times, you know, I'll take that 30 minute checkout. It is even so much, like I said, cause I'm tired, but you know, the way that I am and think and kind of a, you know, monkey brain things always going on. It helps, <laughs> it helps calm everything down. It makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. It's like you wake up and your brain is kind of like, okay, the, the zoo that was let out of the cage is kind of back in the cage. Right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, coming personally from from my standpoint with working out and if i didn't have it in my life i would probably lo- be looking for things that weren't as healthy um, oh, yeah. for, me, for sure i would fall into shit that's not as healthy if i didn't have working out in my life and it's been a part of my life since i was you know in elementary school, I played sports. Swimming was my first sport ever. I was six years old. And then it just carried on from there on through elementary, high school, college. And then even after college, you know, we I would still lift and got into bodybuilding, Olympic lifting, all kinds of different lifting modalities. But I think having the positive uh, aspect of working out in your life always kind of taking into consideration uh, your body and what you're putting into your body and that it's helping out your workout efforts and your recovery efforts from your workouts. Um, I think that's huge. And it, it is psychological. Um, and it's, it's part of what makes us tick. And it's part of what makes us positive and also part of what makes us successful in business as well. I, I feel there's a correlation. Yeah, you know, I want to touch on on something based on what you were just saying there also. You know, when when we, you know, reconnected, you know, four and a half, five years ago, rough, you know, that 2015-16 period, you know, I I was having some tough times, you know, which is one of the reasons we reconnected. And, um, you know, one of the things, and you've always done this, right? You've always felt that working out is like a huge foundation, like for life. Like it was like you've, you've always used it as a tool for people like the foundation, right? The cement foundation is you're going to be working out, you, you you know, whether it's heavy, lightweight, some work, some routine, we're going to get you on yeah. a workout routine because you, I think you know so well that it immediately makes you feel better, better mentally and physically. Like it's a, it sets the stage for you to focus on the other things that you're trying to, to make better in your life. And what's amazing yeah. is when you, when I started doing that and I, and I can say that for some friends, I know also who started working out, um, 
you know, it, it suddenly you see life through a different lens where things just don't look so difficult to do, like, you know, to stay healthy and to keep yourself on track. Like the minute, like if I stop working out, you know, which I, I don't really anymore than this COVID. But even when this happened, it's like, you might, you know, for me, my brain starts going all over the place, right? It's yeah. just, it's, it's a huge foundation. And it's one of the things that you've always focused on. And it's kind of interesting, right? People be like, oh, go see a psychologist or go talk to someone. It's like, no, meet my friend, Greg, he's going to put you on a workout routine. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, getting into the health aspect, getting into the immunity getting into the immune building uh, state that you have and you create with working out, I think now more than ever with the virus, with people getting sick, with people with a lot of comorbidities and um, disease states that you're in, you can't even afford to have a compromised immune system by sitting on your ass, drinking alcohol, eating shitty, because those people are really fucking scared right now. And those people sure as hell don't want to get the virus. And I tell you what, it, it I, I haven't checked for antibodies yet, um, but I'm going to actually next month when I give blood. But I'm not going to say that I, you know, categorically wouldn't have a hard time if I, if I got the virus. But there's not a shred of, of, confidence that I'm lacking that I wouldn't be able to get through this and I wouldn't get hospitalized if 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 I got COVID and I'm 50 years old now. And I don't think a lot of people can can say that. Now I'm not saying it wouldn't kick my ass and and get, you know, knock my dick in the dirt for two, three weeks. It may do that if I ever get it. But am I confident that I could get through it if I got it? Hell yeah. And and is it because I've been taking care of myself, eating right, working out, building up my immunity, building up my immune system over the years? Yes. I, I categorically feel like if you work out, research says you're going to be healthier, you're going to have a stronger immune system. Obviously, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, all these different killers in and of themselves uh, now, if you, if you have those and get COVID and, you know, aside from respiratory problems, if people have respiratory problems genetically or whatever, that, that, that can't be helped. You can't yeah. will yourself out of that. But when people get, you know, adult onset diabetes, when they start hammering on their liver, when they, you know, when they hammer on their, you know, on their cardiovascular system is really weak because they don't work out and they're sedentary and they eat like shit. You know, it, it, it seems like, you know, that these people are going to be hiding for a long time and, and who knows where we're going with this virus in the next, you know, the end of 2020, it, it ain't going away anytime soon. No, it's not going away. You know, and I think, you know, most of these, you know, follow the science, right? Um, <laughs> most of these scientists, yeah. you know, are saying also that, you know, the, the 21st century, you know, the, you know, there's gonna be a lot more of these viruses hitting us. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. It's, um, you know, obesity is, you know, from what, you know, some of the stuff I see and I've been reading is, you know, probably one of the biggest factors of, of having a hard time outside of those real, you know, you know, the genetic, you know, diabetes, you know, the ones that, that right. are bad diabetes, not that any of them are good, right. but, you know, on the lung issues, <clears throat> but obesity is huge. Um, you know, and, and, and you're right. You know, the other thing that, you know, we didn't mention is, you know, you have to take those vitamins <clears throat> every day, you know, and one of them is, is vitamin D, I think D3. Um, yeah. You know, I have to take the omega threes, but you know, I take them the individual, you, you have to put them in a big pack. Yeah. And, you know, the vitamin D and I think it's, I don't know, thousand IU or 2000 IU. Um, but right. I take that. I take that stuff every day. I take it every yeah. morning. And, yeah. you know, you start seeing now that they're pretty much finding, or at least, you know, some of the studies are saying is vitamin D they they think is a huge and one of the most beneficial in fighting. It. Um, right. you know, and it's like just by following and doing the things that you've been having me do, you know, it's like, well, I've already been doing all these things. This is great. You know, and I don't right. worry. I don't worry either. And to be honest, I think I had it back in February 
um, because I was flying, you know, I was flying to, uh, I was doing some speaking engagements and I was in Orlando, Florida. The day I, I literally get on the plane, you know, on the news, Orlando just had an outbreak. I come home, I fly to um, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm yeah. there for a couple of days, that, that, which was the following week. I get on the plane, not kidding you. Raleigh's having an outbreak. There was like three or four cities. I'm not kidding you, man. You were following the around. You were yeah. following the fucking outbreak. <laughs> and, and the one when I was coming back from Orlando, there was this guy on this plane hacking so bad. And then and they, <laughs> they were trying to remove him off it. He was so bad. He was like a seat over for me. You know, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, probably going to have this thing. But nonetheless, you know, a few weeks after those trips, you know, I had a, I had a one or two days where I had a fever. Um, not high, but like a hundred and I just didn't feel right. Like it just, right. it was, I just, for me, I didn't feel right. I, I mean, I was able to function to work, but I just didn't feel right. It was a weird, I never felt that way if it was a flu. Um, you know, so I'm curious to, to get, you know, this antibody test myself, you know, but if I right. did have, I have it, you know, I'm, I mean, personally, I'm going to be like, well, you know, whether it was genetic or not genetic, but I'd like to think that, you know, my lifestyle, the things I do, you know, eat well, work out. You know, take some of the better, but, but, you know, vitamins, you know, that that yeah. would have played a part in, you know, it just being like, okay, you know, not a great day. Right, right. And I think, I, I think the take home message from this virus, when it comes to working out, when it comes to eating a little bit better, when it comes to taking care of your body, um, I think you should have already been doing that shit if you're middle aged or, you know, getting older, even if you're younger, you know, the, you know, when you're younger, you think you're fucking invincible, but you're not. And then if you take that invincibility on into your forties and fifties, you know, those guys realize really quick how fragile fucking life is as you see, you know, college, college people people you went to college with people you graduated from high school with people that you knew in your childhood are dropping like freaking flies from all kinds of different shit you know even you know aside from from the virus and and whatnot you know life is super fragile you got to take care of yourself you got to take care of yourself for your family for yourself and i i think this is a wake-up call for the united states number one it's a wake-up call for all the sedentary people that don't take care of themselves, that you better fucking start fast because this is the new age of, of the shit that it has come along a century ago in 1925 when the Spanish flu hit and killed 25 million people or however many people it killed. And then you look at all the progression of all these things like SARS and, you know, the, the bird flus and the, uh, the swine and, and, and now the, you know, coronavirus. And, you know, if you do follow the science, like Ben was saying, this isn't going to be the last of what we see of this stuff, uh -oh. but you be better in how you respond to it. You can get it and be completely fucking asymptomatic or it can, you know, mess with you a little bit, but you can get through it and you're going to be on a fucking ventilator and die three weeks later. And, I think people need to really take ownership of their health and how they treat, you know, their bodies. And, and if you haven't made the change, make the change, you know, and, and if for nothing else, do it to keep yourself alive at this point. Yeah, no, no, I agree 100%. 100%. I mean, it's changed my life. And, and you know, I go back to, uh, you know, Wisconsin every year or two and, you know, that's where I'm from. And I go back there and I'm just, you know, it's Wisconsin, right? It's beer and cheese curds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. But it's just, you yeah. know, I see some of my friends and cousins I grew up with and, you know, they're, they're in their 40s and they look like they're in their 50s and 60s. And I'm just like, like, what, what are you guys doing? You know, but right. that's the way of life. And it, but it doesn't have to be right. Um, no. You know, no. like anything, you know, the, that first week or, you know, it's the routine. You know, the first week, oh, I got to go work out. And as soon as you start doing it, though, it's like when you don't work out or don't go do your cardio, it's like you you just you don't feel good. You just don't feel good. Right. Right. And, and you don't have to go kill yourself. You nope. don't have to work out until you can't anymore. These don't need to be marathon workouts. You can go get this in in like 
30 to 40 minutes if you yep. go hard. You can, you can get it done. Yep, absolutely. If, if, if you're tight on time, it doesn't need to be a 90 minute or a two hour workout. You go, actually, you go in and hit it hard. I mean, I've done arm workouts that take me like 35, 40 minutes. 30, that's it, 30 minutes that arm workout. Do compound yeah. bicep try, just compound or, you know, superset, be in and yeah. out of there in 25 minutes. But, but but most of the workouts that we do and that I promote and that I, you know, prescribe people with generally take 45 to 65 minutes based on how long your warm up is. And, you know, you, if, if, if you're working out for 90 solid minutes, it, you know, you're probably not working out fast enough and you, you need to cut down those rest intervals a little bit anyway. Yeah, and, it, and you need to cut them down if you want better gains also. Right, uh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, you can't, but you can't. anything else before we wrap her up from you? No, I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go eat some protein. No, I'm going to go yeah, I'm going to go have a meal. It's been an hour. Yeah, I need I, to eat again. You need one of those dog food meals? You know what? I might she's gone. She won't <laughs> you can get away with it. She'll never know. I'll I'll skim there's there was a hundred I can skim right it's a skimmy I'll just take a little little teaspoon from each of them and I'll have four cups right yeah they'll never know the difference <laughs> never know. guys thanks a lot for listening to another episode of Physical Culture Radio uh, for Ben Gayhart my guest today I'm Coach Greg thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>